Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, especially at this time of year, we are reminded of the beauty trees add to our neighborhoods, parks, and forests. The National Association of Realtors has launched an initiative to protect and preserve that beauty. We have details. Also this morning, smoke alarms, fire extinguishers, and an escape plan. Three of the most important things you can have to protect your family for Fire Prevention Month. To your health this morning, the CDC says more than one in five U.S. adults aren't getting enough physical activity. But it's not as hard as you might think to change that. And we have details on November programming and events at the Findlay-Hencock County Public Library. Sarah Clevidence will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. How do we do this again? It's been uh, been a while since we've been uh, on the air. So uh, pardon me if I seem a little rusty this morning. It is Horseless Carriage Day, uh, also National Mincemeat Day, National Mule Day, National Pumpkin Day, National Worldwide, well, National Worldwide. It is Worldwide Howl at the Moon Night tonight. So, if you want to uh, alarm your neighbors, you go out and howl at the moon tonight. Uh, National Day of the Deployed, and it is Texas Chicken Fried Steak Day. Now, there's something we can all get behind, I'm sure. Um, So, we had the uh, Halloween parade uh, last night uh, in uh, in Findlay. What a tremendous crowd. I mean, it was beautiful weather. That may have been the best weather ever ever for a halloween parade and um i mean i've been part of the community going to halloween parades for 30 years and i think this was the best weather we've i've ever seen for a halloween parade and uh with uh trick-or-treat right around the corner now that's coming up this weekend being that uh halloween is upon us uh the folks at the market research firm top data crunched the numbers to find which candy is America's favorite. A lot of candy being handed out last night at the parade, and then we got trick-or-treat coming up. So big, big time for this. Something like, uh, I don't know, I saw a number of for Halloween spending is like you know billions upon billions of dollars of candy and to be uh, purchased uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks here as we come up on uh, Halloween. Uh, Reese's cups are considered the favorite candy in America. Uh, they are preferred in more states than any other type of candy. 18 states, Alabama, Arkansas, California, Connecticut, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Missouri, Michigan, New Jersey, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, and Utah all Name Reese's Peanut Butter Cups as their favorite candy. Coming in a distant second, according to this uh, market research firm, Top Data, Kit Kats. Kit Kats uh, were number one in nine states, including New York, Maine, and Nevada. Uh, Some of the other candies to make the list, M&M's were number one in Ohio, M&M's. Colorado and New Hampshire and Hawaii also list M&M's as their favorite. Starburst candies topped the list in Michigan and in Texas. Kind of interesting. Um, Kentuckians prefer Butterfinger. 
was uh, number one in Kentucky, Butterfinger. But this was kind of interesting. No state listed Twix as their favorite. I like Twix. Twix is good. I, I, I have a feeling that that's maybe the runner up or like second or third on the list in just about every state. But no state stepped up and said Twix was their favorite. And uh, interestingly, the oddest result or the most surprising result in Montana and Vermont, they named hot tamales as their favorite candy. So it was a bit of a surprise. So now, you know, uh, the uh, favorite candies, very uh, scientific crunching of the numbers by that uh, market research firm there. Speaking of numbers and uh, ranking the states, WalletHub is out this week with the results of a survey of the safest states in America. Well, not really a survey. It's more of a uh, research. They uh, crunch the numbers uh, in 53 separate categories, things like a city's number of mass shootings, hate crimes, number of active firefighters, uh, and law enforcement personnel per capita, DUI reports. I mean, they crunched a lot of different metrics here into this. 53 separate categories from every state. And Ohio placed in the bottom third of states. Ohio listed as 36th safest state in America. Just one spot behind Georgia, one spot ahead of Colorado. The safest state in the U.S. apparently is Vermont. So, as long as you can stand the snow, Vermont is very safe. I, <laughs> I don't know if they... Uh, caught in blizzards. Did they put that in the uh, in the list? Uh, the uh, factors they considered? I don't know. But anyway, Vermont, the safest state. Ohio, not too... Not too... Uh, uh, successful on that uh, on that list, or not too high on that list. Thirty sixth overall. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, speaking of uh, of personal safety, did you see this? This was uh, this was crazy. A group of five people were stranded underground in the Grand Canyon caverns after an elevator malfunctioned, according to uh, authorities. I didn't even know. Well, I didn't know that they had a caverns at the Grand Canyon. But apparently do. They've got a, a caverns underground at the Grand Canyon. And uh, the this group of uh, five people were visiting and they were stranded under underground when the elevator uh, conked out. With the elevator out of commission, the visitors to the 65 million year old caverns in Peach Springs, Arizona, have also been unable to use an alternative stairway system, kind of like a, an old external fire escape, you know, the way to to escape. The caverns in the event of an emergency when the elevator doesn't work. Well, that didn't work either, apparently. And so while awaiting a ride to the surface, about 21 stories above them, the tourists uh, reportedly uh, were just fine. They were taken care of, accommodated by hotel keepers who run a six-person suite and food service in the caverns. See, again, I didn't even know there were caverns underneath the grand canyon but not only that they have a luxury hotel suite where you can stay for like a thousand dollars a night but these guys were stranded this uh, group of uh, individuals stranded so they didn't have to pay the thousand dollars a night uh, but they were 
they were just fine, thank you, being stuck underground for more than 24 hours. Um, the uh, sheriff's uh, spokesperson for the local sheriff's office, John Paxton, says attempts to get the elevator running with an external generator on Monday were unsuccessful and a rescue team had to be put together to hoist people up when the elevator was finally fixed. Uh, no injuries uh, were reported and they did just fine. They were uh, so not quite the uh, what was it, the uh, Chilean, Chilean mine <laughs> disaster where his miners were trapped underground for a month and, you know, just horrible conditions. These guys were doing just fine. That's so bad, I guess. That's kind of weird. Did you hear about this follow up to a, a big story um, from about a month ago? Henceforth, fishing tournaments on Lake Erie will now use metal detectors to check for cheating. The rule change implemented after two men allegedly put weights inside their catch during last month's walleye slam. And so now uh, they're going to use metal detectors and a device uh, to uh, test for foreign objects inside the fish. <laughs> yes, if the, if the fish will stick to the refrigerator, that's... Probably an indication there's something fishy going on. <laughs> the fish stick to the refrigerator. Uh, detection ad- uh, device will be used during the Lake Erie Blaster Fall Brawl. The two men accused of cheating are charged with multiple cr- uh, crimes, including felonies for their uh, dastardly deed. So I'll make sure that that doesn't happen again couple of other items among the first things you need to know to get your Wednesday morning started. Apparently, there is more concern over TikTok. Attorney General Merrick Garland has raised concerns over security issues, and there are fears that the popular app may be banned in this country. Uh, actually, India banned TikTok a couple, of 20, a couple of years ago for national security concerns, and you remember the previous administration raised issues and concerns about security involving uh, TikTok. It's owned by the uh, Chinese, and uh, there are concerns that the Chinese using the app to spy on uh, Americans or, at a very minimum, harvest personal data uh, about you, me, and everyone else on the planet. Uh, But apparently, Attorney General Merrick Garland called a press conference regarding a non-state actor who has been engaging in criminal acts, and some are speculating that he could be referencing the extremely trendy video-making app. The commissioner of the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, uh, Brendan Carr, has suggested the app be removed from the Apple and Google app stores. says TikTok doesn't just see its users' dance videos. It collects search and browsing histories, keystroke patterns, biometric identifiers, uh, draft messages, That's pretty crazy. You don't even have to send a message for them to uh, harvest that information. You just uh, draft a message and they've got it and uh, assorted other metadata. And so who knows? We could be rearing its ugly head again. Thought we had uh, settled that, but apparently not. And uh, this really went viral the other day. I saw it on uh, Facebook. Pretty cool. Kentucky basketball coach John Calipari Uh, speaking out about a viral video or a viral photo of an eastern Kentucky coal miner attending a U.K. scrimmage in Pikeville on Saturday with his son. The photo shows Michael McGuire sitting at the game with his uh, little boy. He's 
in his miner's uniform. His face is covered with coal dust. Apparently had just left work and just in time to rush to the game to be with his son. And uh, Coach K, or Coach uh, Calipari, uh, whose uh, grandfather was a coal miner, uh, called McGuire and offered his family tickets to an upcoming game and the VIP treatment at Rupp Arena. That is really, really cool. I mean, I'm not a big uh, Coach Calipari fan, Coach Cal fan, but or a big Kentucky fan, but that is uh, all kinds of awesome there. So, Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Cloudy today, a chance of some showers, a high around 60, decreasing clouds tonight, a low of 37. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office will be holding an open house to celebrate retiring canine Charlie. Over the past seven years, Charlie has apprehended many suspects and also thrilled the youngsters at Camp 911 and at other events with his skills. The open house will be held in the lobby of the Hancock County Sheriff's Office at 200 West Crawford Street in Finley from 2 to 3 p.m. on Thursday. See pictures of Charlie and some video of him in action on the website. You can safely get rid of your old unused medications at an upcoming event in Finley. There will be a drive through medication collection event at the Finley Municipal Building parking lot off of West Crawford Street from 8 to noon on Saturday. People can simply drive in, drop off their old medications for safe disposal, and go on their way. The Finley Police Department says not only will you be cleaning out those cluttered cabinets, but you'll be doing so in a safe manner. Many people flush medications, leading to environmental concerns, and others dispose of medications in the trash or leave them in the house, enabling people to find them and abuse them. Get more details on the medication collection event on the website. The Finley High School hockey team received some nice recognition at the Finley City Schools Board of Education meeting. The Ohio School Boards Association Northwest Region presented Coach Cliff Brown and the hockey team with the Excellence in Community Service Award for their continued dedication to the community. I would like to thank you very, very much for this wonderful award. Never thought something like this would ever happen, but it really is because of these players, not me, that makes this all work. The hockey team routinely helps out with events around town, everything from gliding stars to Oktoberfest. See video from the presentation and get more of Coach Brown's comments on the website. As usual, people pack the sidewalks for the Cops and Kids Finley Halloween Parade on Tuesday night. The sound of the Finley Trojan marching band performing in the parade. You can see some video from the parade of all the ghosts and goblins getting all their Halloween candy on the website. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, October is National Fire Prevention Month. Smoke alarms, fire extinguishers, and an escape plan are three of the most important things you can have to manage the risk of a fire. Joining us from the Home Depot this morning are home improvement expert Dave White and fire safety merchant Alex Forte to talk about fire safety tips and the latest equipment that you really should have uh, in your home. Alex, let's start with you. What are, first of all, some of the most common causes of home fires? Yes, there are several common causes of home fires. Some are obvious, like potential cooking hazards or an open flame from a candle, but some are also not so obvious, like a space heater. As we move into the winter months, it's critically important to make sure you're using that space heater appropriately and not creating a potential source of danger. There's also things like cleaning out the lint from your lint trap and your dryer. That is also a very common cause of home fires, and it's critically important to make sure that you clean that out very frequently. 
And then electrical fires as well are quite common. And so making sure that as we move into the holiday months and we're hanging up all of our holiday decor, that we're not overloading outlets and that we're using surge protectors and the proper extension cords to make sure that we're not creating that short circuit that could potentially cause a fire. And then as always, we want to make sure that we're keeping things like matches and lighters put away and out of the reach of children because that's critical to making sure that we're keeping the whole family safe as well. So that's really the first message. We can talk about what you should have in case of a fire and what to do if there is a fire, but addressing those issues that most commonly cause fires in the first place, it's that old saying about an ounce of prevention. Yeah, absolutely. Prevention is, is really the key. And it's, it's, you know, especially when we're talking about fireplaces and space heaters, like Alex mentioned, and, and making sure your kids and the whole family knows how to just be safe in general around open flames and, and taking the right precautions. Prevention is really where it all starts. So what is some of the, the safety equipment that should be, that everyone should have in their home? We mentioned a couple of things uh, at the outset. What is a, a good guideline of the uh, kind of the checklist of the things that we should have, uh, the time when we should uh, replace them, uh, you know, all of those things? Take us through all of that. Yes, great question. So surprisingly, only 30% of the homes in the United States are protected up to NFPA standards, which means that they don't have the proper system of devices in their home that's going to help protect them and their loved ones. And that's critical to making sure that if a fire occurs or if a carbon monoxide leak occurs, you're able to get out. And so what does a properly protected home look like? That means having smoke detectors on every level of your home, inside of bedrooms, in the kitchen, and outside of living areas as well. And we have great new products available at the Home Depot that have built-in 10-year batteries. So not only can you get the proper protection, but now we can eliminate those late-night battery chirps as well. Yeah, and most people aren't aware of this, um, but, but smoke detectors really only have about a 10-year useful life. So you really need to replace the entire thing after 10 years, not just keep replacing the battery. Um, so that's why these are so great. The kit has sealed the battery in. It's a lithium battery, uh, and you will end up getting an alert uh, when the entire unit needs to get replaced after 10 years. Uh, so really great stuff. Um, Carbon monoxide is also something that we really should be concerned about in the home as well, right? That's exactly right, Dave. Carbon monoxide is a poisonous, colorless, odorless gas, and that's what makes it so dangerous is you can't smell it and you can't see it. Right. And so making sure that you have that proper system of devices throughout your home, again, is critically important. So, for example, this carbon monoxide alarm that has built-in explosive gas sensors in it. So whether it be from any fuel-burning appliance that has exhaust that contains carbon monoxide, if that's not properly vented, or if you get a gas leak from your water heater or from your furnace, this, this device helps to detect that, alert your family so that you can quickly get out of the home and help keep everyone safe. In addition to the, the FireX uh, that Alex was talking about from Kitta, there's also a combination, smoke and carbon monoxide uh, detector, which is really, really important. So if you're going to replace the... The current smoke detectors, you might as well go ahead and, and put in a combination unit. And again, we have that with the 10-year sealed battery from Kitta as well, uh, which is, is really very convenient in terms of replacement. That's exactly right. And, and an often overlooked piece of the fire safety system is fire extinguishers. So making sure that you have a working fire extinguisher on every floor of your home is critical. Should an emergency arise, you need to be able to create that path, path of exit to get your family out of the home safely. And we try and make it easy on the fire extinguishers that we have available at the Home Depot by having location-based fire extinguishers. So whether it be a grease fire or an electrical fire or simply from wood, trash, or paper, 
we have the appropriate extinguishers that are recommended for the kitchen or for full home fire extinguishers. So it can put out the fire regardless of what type it is, because in the, in the moment, it's critical that you need to know how to react. You don't want to be worrying about, oh, do I have the right protection or not? Right. It's really about leaning into protection up front so that we have the ability to take care of our families and loved ones at the end. Uh, just to underscore a couple of uh, points that you made on the fire extinguishers uh, especially. Uh, number one, we need more than just one in the home. I think a lot of folks probably have one but only one, and that's not enough. You get the right types, as you were saying, and then knowing how to use them. It's not something that most of us uh, have ever uh, used before, and the time to read the instructions and familiarize yourself with the way they work is not in the moment. Absolutely, yeah. And, and there's, there's a, a really simple way to kind of walk through how to use the fire extinguisher properly. And, and you don't want to actually discharge the fire extinguisher as you do this because then it becomes ineffective. But you can certainly walk through the steps and make sure everybody understands the process. So just remember the word pass, P-A-S-S. So the first the P is for pull. There's a safety pin at the top that you need to pull in order to discharge it. So P. Then A is for aim. You want to aim the nozzle at the base or the, or the extinguisher at the base of the fire. And then S is for squeeze. That's going to be squeezing the trigger or the handle to discharge it. And the other S is for sweep. That means you want to sweep it back and forth at the base of the fire. So just remember, pass. Something easy to walk through, again, before you actually have to use the fire extinguisher. And, uh, Alex, the other component, the other thing that we were mentioning is an escape plan. Uh, talk about the importance of having an escape plan, uh, probably actually multiple plans of getting out, uh, and, again, making sure that you have that before you need it. That's exactly right, because by the time that an emergency occurs, it's, too late to really think about how do I need to get out. You need to plan up front. On average, there's less than two minutes to get out of the home in a home fire. And we need to make sure that especially young children or elderly loved ones, they know how to get out of the home and they know where their meeting place is so that you can get an accurate head count on everyone getting out of the home and ensure that nobody gets left behind. So making sure that you have that escape plan, that you practice it twice a year, is critically important. And while you're at it, make sure that you're checking your fire extinguishers, to Dave's point, to make sure that they're operating appropriately. And check all of your devices, your carbon monoxide alarms, your smoke detectors, because again, maintaining that system and then having an escape plan to make sure that should an issue arise, you know how to react, is critically important to keeping the whole family safe. And really important to do that right now, October, again, National Fire Prevention Month. Again, from the Home Depot, home improvement expert Dave White, fire safety merchant Alex Forte with us. Where do we get more information and uh, more advice? Well, certainly come visit one of our stores. Our associates would love to help uh, guide you through the, the process and the products. Uh, or just go online to homedepot.com slash fire safety event through the month of October. As a matter of fact, we've got sale prices on a lot of the products that we talked about today and more to make it even easier to help protect your home and family. That's right, Dave. And what's really special about this year's event is Kiddo's Cause for Alarm campaign. So through the end of October as part of the event, for every unit that's sold, we will help provide $1 towards alarm donations for underprivileged communities. So it's not just about making sure that our customers can walk away with the devices they need to protect their home and family. But we want to make sure we're able to take care of the rest of the community as well, because that's critically important to making sure that we're able to keep everyone safe. Gentlemen, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you.
Well, you know, at this time of year, we are awestruck by the beauty of the autumn colors. What would fall be without the changing color of the leaves? So it is rather timely that with that in mind, the National Association of Realtors is announcing an effort to plant one and a half million trees across the country. Shannon King is vice president of association affairs for the NAR. And Shannon, I don't know that that's necessarily the tie in here, but it certainly uh, is one time of year when we are very cognizant of the beauty of trees and what they add to our communities and to our neighborhoods. Oh, you're right. Um, We are super excited to announce that we are planting trees in a partnership initiative with the National Forest Foundation. Um, You know, random fact, 44 trees helps build a house, right? Um, One small way that we can contribute back to our communities and make sure that it's beautiful for our future generations is planting trees. And so we're super excited um, to be planting all over the nation. And it's also worth mentioning that even though you know, you're a national organization. Uh, much of what you do, I mean, the individual members are members of their communities, and it is all about you know that grassroots uh, uh, effort of of uh, serving a community. You are exactly right. You know, the one thing about the national tree planning is we teamed up with the National Forest Foundation. So trees will be planted across America for all of our communities to enjoy. But you're exactly right. Realtors are in the local community giving back to you directly. There are organizations where people are volunteering their time at the local hospitals or food banks, you name it. Um, We're out there on a pretty regular basis every day. And uh, again, as we are so very cognizant of uh, the beauty of uh, the the fall foliage in our neighborhoods and our our local parks and forests and and so on, um, just kind of call attention to this uh, initiative, the National Association of Realtors, uh, planting trees, not just for their beauty, but uh, to create more sustainable uh, communities uh, moving forward. Where do folks learn more uh, about that uh, tree planting initiative? Oh, well, you can find out everything you want at Realtor.com. Um, not only that, we have housing statistics. We have information on moving up, moving in, moving out. You name it, any <laughs> article you can want to find, you can find there at Realtor.com. And uh, on that subject, uh, I would probably be remiss if I didn't ask your thoughts on the state of the industry right now. Every Realtor I talk to says the past couple of years has been just a crazy ride, and now with interest rates uh, creeping up and the it seems like the balance between supply and demand is is starting to reach a bit of an equilibrium more so than what it has been over the past couple of years. What should we be paying attention to in the real estate market uh, between now and the end of the year and into 2023? You know, you said it exactly right. We are entering a normalized market, right? We were just on a crazy roller coaster ride that was unprecedented. We've never seen it before. And we do anticipate potentially rates rising a little bit more throughout the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, we do not have a lot of supply. Um, we are still short on housing. Um, and so that is still creating a demand. There are still plenty of people out there 
who were smart enough to sit back and watch the craziness over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but now's a really great time to put your house on the market. And as a buyer, uh, you know, and, and the reason I say that is because we have enjoyed some great appreciation over the last couple of years. And while prices may be stabilizing or coming down a little, you're still ahead from where we were two years ago before we entered sure. this, right? Yeah. So you're still creating you know, uh, wealth and, and, and there is opportunity still if you are listing. And as a buyer, um, you know, we don't anticipate prices dropping. Um, you know, we really do think it's going to be a stabilized market. And part of that is because we don't have a lot of inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, there are not a lot of houses out there being built and we still have a great demand. We, uh, the average home buyer, I believe, is 33 years old when they buy their first home. Right now in America, we have more 33-year-olds than we've ever had in the history of, of the U.S. Think about that. that. That's People are point. creating families, are moving in. Yeah. So, you know, it, the demand is there and it's really a good time to buy because you don't have the crazy multiple offers. Yeah. So. I, it is also interesting. You mentioned, you know, the uh, rising interest rates get a lot of uh, attention, but that's really more of a return to normal than a uh, quote unquote skyrocketing rate. We get a little complacent or a little used to those super low rates, but this is more uh, average uh, what you would uh, typically see. So uh, something to keep in mind, a little perspective there as well. Again, Shannon King is vice president of Association Affairs for the National Association of Realtors. Shannon, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. your health this morning. A recent study from the CDC found that more than one in five U.S. adults are not getting enough physical activity. And so joining us this morning is uh, Dr. of Physical Therapy, Carrie Pagliano, on behalf of the American Physical Therapy Association. Carrie, talk a little bit about the importance uh, of this, why it is significant, and what we can do to encourage people to remain active. It's, it's so important to stay active both for physical health and mental health and then also for disease prevention. And if you haven't been active, it might be a little bit scary to figure out where to start. And so that's where chatting with a health provider like a physical therapist can be helpful in figuring out what your options might be to get started. And those options might vary depending upon your age, your ability level, any past injury history, and even your community resources. So as a physical therapist, uh, we're uniquely qualified to help people get and stay moving. Now, of course, over the past couple of years, uh, everything got so upended. On the one hand, with a pandemic, uh, there's the concern that people would become more sedentary because uh, of lockdowns, not being able to get out as much. And at the same time, we had all of those stories of people going out and buying uh, home fitness equipment because they couldn't go to the gym. Whether they're still using that or whether they ever really did uh, is a big question. So, I mean, with this seismic shift in our lives over the past couple of years, where are we now and how uh, can people who are still, uh, you know, spending most of their time at home uh, ensure that they are getting uh, enough exercise and remaining active enough? 
You, you bring up a great point. I think everybody did a wonderful job in the beginning and bought all that equipment, and now it, it might be collecting dust more right. than it should. Um, this is a great, great opportunity to um, take a look at our day and, and see, are we actually moving as much as we think we are? And by working with a physical therapist, we can help identify opportunities for movement during the day. Um, and it might be, again, as simple as taking the dog out for a walk or, you know, uh, doing the laundry, doing some chores around the house. That can can be physical movement as well, but it's also a really good time to relook at our workstations and make sure that we're comfortable, but we're also moving efficiently and we're not setting ourselves up for increased risk of injury. So it, it might be a great time to, to, to start over and make sure our workstation's set up and make sure that we're moving as much as we can be. You know, it, you mentioned something that uh, I, I thought was rather interesting. I want to underscore this, uh, you're talking about whether or not we are moving as much as we think we are. Is that maybe part of the problem as well, that we don't realize just how much activity we are or are not getting? Absolutely. I, I, I love data. And so, how, you know, we all wear our Apple watches or our heart rate monitors. Take a look at the numbers and see if you think you're doing what you think you're doing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. important to, to look and be honest with ourselves because I, I, I think more of us are overestimating how much movement we actually do. And those little things like doing the laundry and chores, they can add up. So it, it might be time to take a look at that. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, just underscoring the study from the CDC that we referenced, one in five, a little more than one in five adults aren't getting enough physical activity. So clearly uh, this is not an insignificant number. Um, and, and it's not just ourselves. It's it is the whole family that needs to get involved. Do you have any uh, tips for I involving everyone in the household to uh, get more movement into their daily lives? Absolutely. I mean, our kids, they've spent more time on their screens than ever. My, my kids included. That's kind of how we got through the pandemic. Um, but I, I think a motivating factor can be setting a good example for our kids. And we want them to be healthy and active for a long, healthy future. And so, you know, reminding ourselves that we need to invite everybody out to, you know, shoot hoops in the driveway or go for a walk together or go on an outing. It's important that we all do that together, whether it's our family, our community. Um, again, we want to set our kids up for a nice, healthy future and doing it together is a lot more fun than doing it by ourselves. No question. And uh, just again, to underscore something you were saying earlier, it doesn't necessarily have to mean uh, that we, uh, you know, do a three-hour workout and and suddenly start running a mile every day or what have you. Uh, a lot of those uh, everyday things, uh, everyday ways that we can incorporate more movement, uh, all of that will add up and really make a difference. Absolutely, and that includes chores for those parents out there right. too. Um, you know, <laughs> Again, look, referencing getting the kids like chores, involved, little things like that. Exactly, getting those kids involved. It doesn't have to be training for a ten miler. It can be really small things. And, and to your point, consistency is really the most important part in starting to do little things before we worry about the big stuff. Now, I, I do want to ask you about this because uh, there will be folks who maybe have physical limitations or medical conditions that make physical activity more of a challenge. Maybe it's chronic pain. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, a particular uh, condition, whatever it might happen to be. How would someone who is dealing with those challenges uh, approach the topic of getting enough physical activity? Absolutely. So, uh, we actually have really good data to point to physical activity being the first line of treatment for things like low back pain, for osteoarthritis, 
for fibromyalgia. And so we need to, to figure out, you know, do you have a fear of movement if you have been in pain for a long time? Mm-hmm. So a physical therapist is the perfect healthcare provider to figure out and understand what those fears are and then start to introduce movement in a really safe and methodical way. So based on your goals, we can create a step-by-step process to get you back to that activity. And again, like pain doesn't necessarily mean that you can't move or that you have tissues that are damaged. It's important to understand that movement may actually be your best choice. Yeah. Uh, So uh, the message there being not to fall into the trap of using that as uh, an excuse or a reason or a crutch to limit your physical activity. It becomes even more important. That's exactly right. Movement is the answer. Talking about integrating movement into your daily life, getting enough physical activity. Uh, Studies show that we are just not getting enough. So now is the time to kind of rededicate ourselves, especially as we're coming into the uh, colder weather season. Again, talk about people using excuses. We, uh, you know, sometimes like to think, oh, the colder weather, we can't get out. It's harder to to be uh, active uh, and, and so on again can't use that as an excuse because there are all kinds of ways of of uh, getting active and remaining active all year round. Absolutely. The good news is, is when you're active, you warm up. So the cold isn't an excuse anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, again, uh, Carrie Pagliano is a uh, doctor of physical therapy uh, on behalf of the American Physical Therapy Association. Where do we get uh, more information? To find out more about physical therapy or to find a physical therapist near you, you can go to choosept.com. Carrie, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. 20 years of good mornings on WFIN. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. This is the time of year for corn mazes, and so uh, this uh, story jumped out at me on the uh, Newswire. Police are investigating after a man accidentally discharged his gun at a corn maze in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota over the weekend. (laughs) Uh, Now, the uh, owner of the gun was licensed to uh, carry a concealed firearm. Apparently, the whole thing happened when he bent over to get a piece of corn out of his shoe causing the gun to accidentally discharge. Uh, and, and here's what... <laughs> Fortunately, the only person was hurt. The only person who was hurt was the guy who was carrying the gun. He shot himself in the leg. <laughs> Nobody else was hurt. But I can just imagine uh, everybody running for their lives in this corn maze and not being able to find their way out. <laughs> Everybody running. How do I get out of here? How do I get out of here? Um, <laughs> again, the only person hurt uh, was the uh, man who was carrying the gun who uh, shot himself in the leg. He is not currently facing any charges, but police are looking into whether or not he mishandled the weapon. <laughs> oh, my. <clears throat> I just I have this mental image of people trying to <laughs> run out of the corn maze, not being able to find their way out. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, uh, 32-year-old Martin Travers tried robbing his local post office back in July. He slid the cashier a note. This is a guy who 
uh, may want to rethink a life of crime, a career as a a criminal. Not uh, going to be too successful at this unless he really works at it. Uh, Apparently, Martin uh, slid the cashier a note threatening that he had a bomb in the shoebox that he was carrying. Unfortunately for him, the postal worker behind the counter had absolutely no clue what the note said because his penmanship was so bad. (laughs) It really... It really loses some of the impact when you have to, <laughs> when the guy that you've handed your your note uh, to says, I'm sorry, what's that word? Oh, I'm sorry, and what's that word? <laughs> uh, the uh, prosecutor, local prosecutor, told the court he put a piece of paper on the counter, uh, but the uh, woman behind the counter was un- unable to read the handwriting. Uh, The defendant then said, oh, to heck with it. You have 40 seconds. Put the money in the box. (laughs) Uh, Eventually, Mr. Travers became frustrated, picked up his note and stormed out of the uh, post office. He tried his luck at another business and struck out again. So that may be (laughs) that may be telling you something. (laughs) Oh, boy. Be uh, telling you you need to find another line of work. Holdups are not your thing. Uh, let's see here. Maybe writing prescriptions for yeah. Uh, now nah, we'll skip that. Not really that. How about this? Uh, speaking of uh, criminals, um, generally criminals don't follow the old adage that honesty is the best policy. I mean, by definition. Uh, criminals are generally not honest. But there are exceptions to every rule. 45-year-old Corey Pate was arrested for picking up a credit card that fell out of a woman's bag and then taking it on a two-day shopping spree. In all, he made about 15 purchases of food, liquor, auto parts, gasoline. He also allegedly used the uh, stolen credit card at a lending service. The owner of the card reported it to police who began looking into the places that it was being used and they tracked Mr. Pate down uh, at a local liquor store. Uh, The uh, police informed employees that the card was stolen and advised them to wait for him to return, which he did and came back to get more when he ran out of booze. And that is when they called police and and the uh, cops caught up with Mr. Pate and arrested him. Now, this is where it uh, gets uh, interesting. And again, honesty is the best policy is not a mantra that many criminals follow. However, uh, Mr. Uh, Pate confessed to everything that he had done. And when asked why he used a stolen credit card, knowing it was stolen, he said, quote, because I'm a thief, unquote. That's right in the police report. They asked him why. And he said, because I'm a thief. Ask a dumb question. (laughs) Get a dumb answer. He's been charged with uh, one count of fraudulent use of a credit card over $100. 13 counts of fraudulent use under $100. Uh, He is awaiting trial. So... Uh, let's see here. This is a crazy story. An Iranian man known as the world's dirtiest man 
has died at the age of 94. This is according to uh, state media in Iran. Amu Haji passed away last Sunday in the village of Dezga. He had refused to bathe for more than 60 years because he feared it would make him sick. He was known as the world's dirtiest man. Had not bathed in more than six decades because he feared it would make him sick. Somehow, the story goes on to say, somehow, villagers where he lived finally successfully pressured him to take a bath for the first time in decades a few months ago. And sure enough, not long after his bath, he fell ill and passed away. (laughs) So maybe he was on to something there. Or it could just be because he was 94 years old. So... Probably not due to the bath uh, itself. But still, how ironic is that? Crazy story. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, and I don't know if uh, Bill mentioned this uh, in the uh, broken news over the past couple of days, and he was filling in for me uh, here uh, on the uh, program, but I wanted to share this because I saw this story, and I <laughs> it just it made me laugh. Um, apparently... At the Providence Place Mall in Providence, Rhode Island, they have an ad campaign that it is such a great place to visit, you'd almost want to live there. So that is like the uh, advertising campaign, the Providence Place Mall. Such a great place to visit, you'll wish you lived here. So one local, uh, what or one uh, group of guys decided, why not? Uh, After being forced out of their apartment by developers, artist Michael Townsend, age 36, uh, said that he and seven other artists turned an unused 750 square foot space beneath in the in the basement of the mall beneath the stores in the basement of the mall. They turned it into a fully furnished apartment and lived there. For up to three weeks at a time. This went on for four years. (laughs) They took the advertising slogan to heart. The apartment contained a hutch filled with China. uh, A Sony PlayStation 2. There was no running water. But that was not a problem. Because they just walked upstairs and used the mall bathrooms. They said. Uh, Now eventually. (laughs) Mall security guards found the secret space. And uh, Mr. Townsend and the others were arrested for trespassing. Uh, recently, they came before a judge who gave them probation. And, <laughs> and get this, uh, Mr. Townsend and the other uh, gentlemen who were living at the mall have now been banned for the mall, uh, banned from the mall for life. Which I'm thinking, <laughs> how serious is that sentence? <laughs> I mean, no. No, in most malls these days, being banned for life, not much of a penalty. (laughs) I mean, I I have a feeling they may outlast the mall, if you know what it's in most malls these days. (laughs) That may not be that big of a deal. There you go. Uh, That is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. 
of Hancock County Veterans Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. This is Atlanta with OSU Extension. It's harvest season. Drivers will be sharing roads with combines and grain hauling vehicles. Please be alert, especially on roads with limited visibility. Watch out for equipment pulling in and out of fields. Drivers and farmers, let's work together this fall to keep our roads safe and accident free. This message from WFIN and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Probably not a big surprise, Americans now say they need more money to retire comfortably than what they said last year. Inflation and all of that. Uh, New survey of more than 2,500 Americans by Northwestern Mutual finds that the magic number that Americans say that they need uh, to retire comfortably is one and a quarter million dollars. One point two five million dollars is the amount of money they need to retire comfortably. That's the uh, average here, million and a quarter. That is a 20 percent increase from last year as costs for just about everything keep increasing. And uh, moreover, the average expected age of retirement is also up from 62.6 years last year to 64 years old this year. So we're going to need more money and we're going to wait longer before retiring, at least according to the latest survey. Uh, As a result of inflation, the value of the average retirement nest egg has fallen by 11%. That is the rub. We're going to need more money and we have less of it. And that is probably uh, contributing to the jump in the expected retirement age. Uh, 25% of those survey respondents say they plan to retire later than they had originally anticipated. And the top reason why, 59% say they need to continue to work and save money. Uh, No big surprise there. Uh, Other reasons why people are planning to retire later include concerns about rising health care costs and unexpected medical costs, 45% cite that as a concern. 26% are taking care of a relative or friend, need the additional funds to do so. 24% say they are putting off retirement because they've had to dip into their retirement savings. So not only has the value of the retirement nest egg gone down because of inflation, uh, 24% have, have had to... Uh, dip into their retirement savings. Uh, At the same time, the survey found 15% of respondents plan to retire earlier than they had anticipated. And the top reason for that, among those who plan to retire earlier, 44% said they want to spend more time with family and loved ones. And how often do we talk about that during the course of the pandemic, that it is sort of reset our priorities. And so maybe we see a little bit of that Uh, baked into these survey results even though we may not have as much money as we originally thought we might need we're going to retire early anyway to spend more time with family and loved ones other reasons for retiring earlier among those few who said that they would be doing that prioritizing a personal mission over saving more Hmm. 32 percent or 34 percent say they prioritize personal mission over saving more 32 percent cited being able to afford it 
Uh, 28% focusing on priorities and hobbies outside of work. Again, probably carrying over from the pandemic. Uh, 22% say they are were offered a buyout or other incentive plan to retire early from work. So there is some of that going on. And 22% cite a changing work situation. So whatever that may mean, I'm sure that entails a number of different things. But the bottom line takeaway from this Northwestern Mutual survey, it's going to cost more to retire now than it did a year ago. And one and a quarter million dollars is that magic number, according to most Americans. Sarah Clevidence is here from the Findlay Hancock County Public Library. Saw you at the parade last night. We were just talking a little bit before and on the air. It's kind of a... You, you hate to miss any of the kids with the uh, candy. There were so many of oh them. Oh my goodness, right. there were so many. And we had our, our staff dressed as sharks. We had four staff members notice. and inflatable now, sharks. I, I, was, I wasn't going to bring this up, but since you bring it up, I did notice that you were not in a shark outfit. Well, I had a shark fin on my head. But you were not in a shark I outfit. Was not, you wouldn't have known it. I was there <laughs> if I was in a, a shark outfit. Well, I'm I was supposed. afraid I wouldn't be able to walk in it. But you know, we thought about playing baby shark as we went through the parade. Yeah. That probably would have driven everybody a, a little mad but uh, you talk about scary oh my there, goodness there you are. but a lot of the kids that we walked by started singing it when we came, came through <laughs> so they knew the theme there no that was uh that was absolutely fabulous and such a uh, terrific turnout for the uh for the parade and beautiful weather that. yeah absolutely uh got stuff coming up in the month of november the uh, finley hancock county public library have another author talk we uh, do. to mention and that'll be uh as part of art walk on november 4th speaking okay. of a day we hope for beautiful weather yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll have 16 local authors okay. at, at that event. Fiction, nonfiction, children's author, graphic novels, uh, and even the Poet Laureate of Lucas County will be there. Wow. So most of these uh, authors are local uh, authors, correct? Most are from Finley. We do have some from further out in Ohio. But right. Yes. But all uh, from Ohio. All from Ohio. Uh, so we have some very talented folks. Uh, they'll be able to uh, talk a little bit about their books and, and so on. We'll have them spread out throughout the library that evening. So you know, typically the library closes at 5 on Friday, but that night we'll stay open until 8. So okay. you can come meet the authors. So uh, for uh, Art Walk, make sure sure that you stop by the uh, library and pick up some uh, great uh, winter reading materials and uh, curl up by the fire with a good book, a good Absolutely. local book, local authors. Um, that And, and that's got to be really uh, terrific for the, the local authors. Um, I mean, sometimes it's hard to stand out uh, among all of the books that are being released these days. Absolutely. So. And, and these authors are just so excited to talk to folks about the work that they've done, the, mm -hmm. the you know the story behind the story yeah so uh make it a point to uh, stop by uh for that during uh the uh autumn art art walk which is uh, coming up here in uh november you also have a couple of other uh, things to highlight among the uh, programs yeah a couple of highlights for the kids in our community uh on november 7th at 6 p.m we'll have a teddy bear clinic with local pediatrician dr chen uh, she'll bring some of the staff from her office and they'll show kids what happens when you go for a checkup at the pediatrician's office by okay. giving checkups to the teddy bears that are in attendance there you go very good and we've also just recently restarted our story time at the arlington branch it's a on Wednesdays at 11.15 down in Arlington. Okay, so uh, some of the things that are uh, coming up. Anything else in terms of uh, November programming that uh, we want to highlight here or talk about? Well, you know, the holidays are quickly approaching, mm -hmm. uh, and 
as I think about my Thanksgiving menu and my Christmas baking, I also think about my waistline and uh, all those <laughs> tempting <laughs> treats out there. We do have a, a healthy holiday food program coming up at the start of November to kind of help you take charge of the holidays and make sure you're making the best choices possible as okay. you enjoy those goodies. What uh, What are the uh, details on the? Do we need to sign up for uh, that program or? All the details are on our website. That okay. program is on uh, November 2nd at 4.30 p.m. It's okay. with Jennifer Little from OSU Extension Office. Okay. Uh, so uh, circle that on the uh, calendar. Anything else uh, coming up in the month of November? Well, we continue our virtual author talk series. And, you know, I want to remind folks that you can go back after the fact. If you'd missed the night of the virtual author talk, mm-hmm. no problem. I don't think I've seen a single one live yet. <laughs> but you can go back and view it later. And we've got a lot of folks in our community that are doing that. So that's um, and, and some of the, uh, authors, I don't need to put you on the, uh, on the spot here, but these, I mean, these are, uh, big name authors, well-known authors. They are. Have, yeah. yeah. There, there's uh, one coming up that's on the founding women of NPR. That sounds just mm. fascinating. Okay. Um, later this uh, in November, we'll have the author of lessons in chemistry, which has been a, a pretty popular book, uh, in our community. Lessons so. in chemistry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I That's one that I'm not familiar with. You know, so. it's a wide variety of authors that are coming for, well, coming to you virtually for these talks. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, and again, those are online. Those are virtual. Yes. Uh, where do we find those? Are they on the website or on the Facebook page or both? Or The virtual author talks are both. They're on our website. They're okay. on Facebook. And as a reminder, that's a partnership with MCPA. So they're also mm-hmm. available on the the website for the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. Okay. And uh, again, as you said, if you can't uh, be in attendance for the live sessions, uh, they are archived there. So they are. You can go all the way back to our first one in July. Again, if you're looking for maybe some reading material for the uh, for the winter months, uh, you can uh, maybe go back and be inspired. And Absolutely. It's a great way to check out an author and see if their book might be something that's uh, the right pick for you. Always new stuff uh, coming into the library, too. So, you know, uh, just a visit to the library anytime. Absolutely. Great thing. What uh, for those for the benefit of those uh, who uh, don't already know, what are the hours at the uh, library? Uh, Monday through Thursday, we're open nine to eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday, Saturday, nine to five and Sunday, one to five. And we've just scratched the surface when we talk about uh, programs. I mean, there are all kinds of things that are going on, you know, throughout the month uh, for both youth and adults. There absolutely are youth, adults and teens. Uh, You know, as I glance down at our calendar here, I bet there's uh, most days two or three different programs happening at the library. And uh, all of the details are uh, there uh, at the website, which we have linked up at our webpage, too. It's uh, goodmornings.net. And again, uh, Sarah Clevidence, the uh, Findlay-Hancock County Public Library with us uh, this morning. Again, remember the uh, author fair uh, highlights in November. Author fair uh, happening in Art Walk. Uh, you've got the uh, Teddy Bear Clinic and uh, story times uh, starting up in uh, Arlington. So. Very good. Uh, again, goodmornings.net to learn more. Sarah, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, celebrating Halloween at the office may sound like a fun idea, but it can lead to a scary nightmare for your company's legal department. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.